Come on, come on, come on. Let's go. Come on. When I say love, you say stuck. Love. Stuck. Love. Stuck. Come on. You are not going to be love stuck after tonight, okay? Come on. You're going to be unstuck in love. You're going to be moving. Anybody need some movement and love tonight? Come on. Any single people in the house tonight? Wow. Wow. Girl. <laughs> wow. Let's get it. Awesome. Well, we're glad to be with you guys. We're very humbled that we get to be a part of this movement yeah. called The Brook. Yeah. Guys, this is a big deal what's happening here. Yeah. This many young professionals. Do you realize if this many young professionals caught a vision for their lives, you would change the world? This group right here. Yeah. This room could change the world, and I believe that you will. But I, I know that we're going to start in Denver, then we're going to change the world. That's the plan. I'm saying we because I don't feel like I'm a guest here. I feel like you guys are family. I've been a part of this from day one, been praying and believing. I just want to honor uh, Pastor Jason Molly Soderstrom. If you're a guest here, if this is your first time, then welcome. We're glad that you're here. You could not have landed in a more special room with some of the most loving and caring people in the world. These people care for your, come on, you can give it up for the Soderstroms. These people care for your soul, the care, to, the care to love this city well, to walk with you whatever season you're in. Let me just tell you right now that if you came in here in a dark season, uh, welcome. Um, we're glad that you took this step of courage to be here, but they will walk with you through any season, the darkest hour or the highest mountaintop, because they've done that for us. And so we love you guys so much. We could stand up here for, you know, an hour honoring you, but the clock is ticking. Oh, they haven't turned it on. Oh, they turned it on right. Hold the, hold the clock. You got to hold the clock for the honor moment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. You got to hold the clock for the honor moment. But we love you. Um, my name is Parker, and this is my lovely wife, Jess, and we're going to dive in tonight. Yeah, and, and before we dive in, like just, just seeing you guys out here, we honor Pastor Molly and, and Jason. Do we call you Pastor? Yeah, we, yeah. Pastor Molly. If you weren't Pastor before, you're Pastor now. Come on. Um, and we, we honor them, but I also just want to honor you guys for, for showing up and leaning in. It takes a lot of courage and bravery, especially if this is your first time in the room tonight. It takes a lot of bravery to step out to like a love's stuck. Here we are. Love stuck event. And as I look in the room, um, I see brokenness. I see a lot of like girls and guys like separate. So that means a lot of you like are are searching and ready to mingle. Um, but I also, I think some of you are love stuck tonight because of the shame that you've continued to allow yourself to live in. Um, maybe how you're currently walking out your dating season Maybe how you're currently choosing to, to search for whoever's out there. Maybe you're ashamed by how that is going for you. And we just want to just remove that because if you know Jesus and if you don't, he's, he's just, he's a father and he's a comforter and he's a healer and he's not a God of shame or guilt. And when you know him, you can come into a space like this comfortable, ready to hear from him because he's going to remove shame, guilt, past how you grew up, who your parents are, if your parents were divorced, if they're not divorced. He's writing a new story for you tonight. And so if you can come into this moment right now, this present moment, because you guys just got a word um, just a second ago, but this is a new moment that Jesus now has a word for you. So as, you, as, as we just crack open our souls with Jesus, like we're gonna learn about dating profiles and some of our stories, but, but you have to be willing to go there. Yeah. 
You have to be willing to say, this word is for me. Someone say, for me. Come on, like a little louder, like we like energy, like we like are kind of bouncing. For me. Someone say, for me. For me. Yeah, this word is for you tonight. It's for me. Like as we were preparing this sermon, like we're married, like going on 13 years next week, babe, come on. Wow, Wow, I knew it was 13. (laughs) I knew it was 13. Um, And even in 13 years of relationship and marriage, like this word spoke to my heart. So it's for you tonight. So I just wanted to take a minute and preface to say that this is for you. This is from the Lord for you tonight. So remove all blockers. Let's go. This isn't two married people that are pastors that are coming together saying we figured everything out and now we're going to deliver to you all of the perfect relationship goals for how you were to live this out. This is two people pursuing dating still 13 years in and, and looking honestly to God. If you need help mentally, what do you go to? You go to a counselor. If you need help physically, you go to a, dang, I was going to say personal trainer. I was thinking like bulking up, but yeah, I mean, I guess you go to a doctor. (laughs) That's what you do. You go to a personal trainer. (laughs) A personal trainer. Yeah. I have this rash. She's like, bro, get out of here, man. Weird. Weird. Um, But when it comes to relationships, you go to the Word of God. You go to the Gospel. Because religion and the Word of God isn't this book filled full of rules, but it's actually a love story. And so you want to talk about getting unstuck in love? Look at the Gospel. Look at the Word of God, which is what we're going to do tonight. And we're going to hopefully pastor you for just a moment. Uh, just walk you through and guide you through these portions of Scripture. We're going to be looking at James chapter 4. And I believe that healthy relationships are either built by design or by default. They're either just going to happen or you're going to be intentional to build values and principles that help you in all of your relationships. I believe that your dating relationship is the overflow of all of your other relationships. You're still operating in the same principles. You're still operating by the same values in all of your relationships. So James chapter four, we're going to talk about living by intention. James chapter four, verses one through three. Will you read this for me, my love? Yes. And then can you like tell them a little bit about who we are and like our story? Because I think that's so good. <laughs> and you just skipped right over that. And I want you to go. Guys, I'm excited about the Bible. Let me tell you a little bit about us. You don't want to hear about us, right? You don't want to hear about us. Let's go straight to the Bible. Okay. No, no, okay. No, no, no. James no, no, no. four. <laughs> no, I want to tell you a little bit about us. So my wife and I are... Uh, young professionals. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I, young. Wow. <laughs> Do, we are young. Okay. All right. We, uh, when we were young professionals f- 17 years ago and we were talking and dating, um, uh, we did not get married in Bible college. So some might say that we failed Bible college. You know, my wife and I met in college. That's a church Bible joke. Um, Met in college. We did not get married. We actually dated each other's friends. Really got to know who we didn't want to marry. And then after college, we synced back up, and I reached out to my wife through Facebook. And I just thought that it'd be good for us just to look back on time and really examine how do you pursue somebody, you know? So I was sitting in my... 
300 square foot studio apartment with my dog, uh, frozen pizza, uh, Cheerwine, and some Seinfeld. And I thought, you know what? There's, there's got to be something better than this. There's got to be a beautiful woman in this city that loves Jesus. And I thought of my wife. Hey, I moved out to Nashville about three months ago. I don't know if you're still in Lynchburg or here in Nashville, but either way, I'd love to get together sometime and catch up. Oh, I read all about what you're doing this marathon. I think it's amazing. I've trained before, too. I'm kind of a big deal, and I know how challenging it can be. But it sounds like you're conquering the challenge with ease. How many of you know if you're going to pursue somebody, you've got to compliment them? You've got to compliment Man, you are an overcomer, man. You're an inspiration to me. I love to hear more about your passion for foreign missions because I'm a godly man, and I love missions. I hope you have a wonderful day, and I'll talk to you soon. So I reached out to my wife in faith and courage, believing she was in Nashville. And it was uh, just a little, little bit later, she actually came in. We, were, uh, we went on a run together because I helped her train. She said, if you're going to be with me, you're going to go and run with me. And she said, let's invite another one of our friends. And I said, yeah, that's a good idea. So I immediately called up that other friend. And if you show up to this run, I'm going to kill you. Okay. <laughs> I specifically reached out because I am pursuing my future wife. He was like, I got you, bro. I'm out. I'll come up with an excuse. So we went on this run together. You want to talk about the run? Yeah, because that's not what this I was This is a thinking. very important part of our story. <laughs> the run. Um, yeah, so the whole reason I called a friend was I was very protective who I put myself um, around one-on-one with because I didn't want to lead, lead men on. So, um, so for you women out there, I want to challenge you. Um, don't put yourself out there if you don't want to be pursued. Like, don't put yourself in these situations like going to dinner and hanging out at this guy's house. He's your BFF. Like, don't do that. Like, set the clear expectation and the mark of what's actually happening. And if you don't have feelings for him, say that. Or, like, invite a friend. So that's what I did. I invited a friend. So um, we could go into this whole story, but I, I was not interested in Parker. <laughs> like, not even a little. Like, I, I didn't want to hang out with him. <laughs> 13 years, bro. Again, there's like stories on stories, but, um, so, so I said, I like, I was coming home for to Nashville for just a few days. And I was like, if you want to hang out, like we can go on a run with friends. And yes, that's when you said that. So in this season, I mean, you were clearly sitting in your 300 square foot apartment, like <laughs> watching Jerry Seinfeld and like mewling, wanting a wife. And I was kind of in a different season that I just was kind of over it. Like I was just kind of over the dating scene and I was just kind of over what it looked like to actually find someone who was going to live on mission and purpose. And like, and, and I, I prayed for like a dark hair, blue hide North Carolina boy and like here he comes and I did not even see him because I was like so on track with something else for my life and there was a mission now that was in front of me and purpose and God was allowing me to become someone and in that season of me becoming nothing else mattered and so I I didn't really so when he reached out I wasn't like oh my gosh here's the one like this is my moment I'm gonna go curl my hair like I'm gonna wear the best running clothes let's go no 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 I was like like, I mean, you didn't either, because you came up, like, literally walked up in, like, shorty shorts. Like, his beard was down to here. I'm like, maybe he's not that pursuing was a vibe. That I, It was not a vibe. It was not a vibe. <laughs> Clearly, God ordained this. Um, 
<laughs> I wasn't I wasn't pursuing um, a man in this season, so I invited people in um, to come with us, and then eventually was like, let's just go on a run because that can just be kind of non-intentional. Let's say, let's just say after that run, I said, hey, that was good. What are you doing Friday night? And we went on a date, yeah. and it was a clear date. Somehow he won me over in that run. <laughs> and let's just say the date the date was good. It was good enough that. Uh, it was about six months later we were engaged. Three months later we were married. So we went from a run uh, to running down the aisle in nine months. I was 25 years old, and I was a 25-year-old virgin, and I knew that we were either going to be pregnant or married. And so I knew, like, listen, we're going to get married, honey. I'm like, I'm digging you. I love you. Let's get after this thing, okay? I lived. That's what I said. I was like, are you in this thing? Because I'm in. Let's get married. So we were married very shortly after. Yeah, and we, and like to, to, I mean, y'all are all going like, how, why, what, I mean, tell me more details, and you're ready to like go Bible. I mean, like, we'll go Bible. I'll pace myself, pace myself. (laughs) Um, But in that season, we we just really began to define very quickly where we were headed, because we were nine hours apart. So we were long distance, and we just, like, I was headed to the Philippines, Parker was headed to Korea, and we had to just go, does this even like make sense? So we had to really get into the nitty gritty with Jesus, but really each other in conversations pretty quickly to say like, where do where and we, we don't date outside of just like dating for the purpose of marriage. So we didn't date to have fun. We weren't dating just like we were going, Hey, I'm dating to like find who I want to be with for the rest of my life. And so as we started dating and having these long conversations, we quickly knew that God was like leading us together. So, and that's like a question. I get that. Like, how do you know? Like, okay. So lots of conversations in this, but um, it was very clear that God gave us a deep love for each other. So deep love, God was guiding us. And one of us, like I decided to move to Nashville where he was like starting a business and all this. So we came together. And then in that season of dating together, was when we really just knew the next step, which is engagement and marriage. And we went from Facebook to family. We have a picture of our family over. We have a big family, big, beautiful kids. Lots uh, we of l- children. Love our family, lots of children. And yeah, 13 years later, that's our, that's our squad, and this is us. <clears throat> Can we go Bible? All right, let's go James. James chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Let's read this together. What is the source of wars and fights among you? Don't they come from your passions that wage war within you? You desire and do not have. Is that anybody in the room today? You desire and you do not have. You are love stuck and you don't like it. You murder and you covet and you cannot obtain. You fight and wage war. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasure. I mean, can this passage just preach itself for just a minute? You, don't, you want something, but you don't have it. You don't have it because you're not asking. Even when you ask, you ask with the wrong motives. Wow. Dating profile. Let's pray, and then we're going to dive in. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for this passage of Scripture. Uh, your word is uh, a lamp into our feet. It's a light into our path. It leads and it guides us into the way of righteousness, God. So I just pray that we would lean in to the word that you have for us today. That for those that are here that don't believe the Bible, maybe today's the day that they open up their heart to say, like, maybe this is true. 
For those that are all in, Father, that know the Bible, may they not just know the Bible, may they apply it. So, Father, as we hear, no matter, no matter where people are in the room today, Father, I believe that you're going to speak to somebody. So, Holy Spirit, do what I cannot change people from the inside out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Tonight, we're going to be talking about intentions. Intentions. What is an intention? Intention is the aim or purpose for which you are chasing after somebody. So, when you talk about relationships and you're talking about wanting to step into dating, because that is what we're talking about. We're talking about stepping into dating. What is your intention in stepping out in boldness and in faith to say, I'm going to date that person? What's your intention behind it? I believe that there's a lot of wrong intentions that you can step out and start dating people. Maybe it's for your own, your own personal pleasure. Maybe it's because you just don't want to be lonely anymore. Maybe it's because, I don't know, there's a lot of wrong reasons you can take. But what is your intention in dating other than marriage? I believe that the intention for which you're pursuing a lifelong relationship should be marriage. What are your intentions? I believe that intentions get a bad rap, that we pursue relationships without intentionality, and therefore we have to say oftentimes, that was not my I believe that when you don't have healthy intentions, bad things happen unintentionally in your relationships because you don't have a plan. You don't have a purpose. And so that's what we're going to be talking about tonight is three things that are holding you hostage in your dating life. Three things that are having you stuck in your dating life. But we want you to have intention instead. We want to help you get unstuck. Here's three areas we're going to help you get unstuck tonight. Comparison control, and complacency. Comparison, control, and complacency. First, you're stuck in comparison. I want us to go from being stuck in comparison to celebration. Comparison, I believe, is a sickness that is killing this generation. I don't believe that. I believe that, obviously, especially in Denver, uh, social media doesn't help that, but we don't need social media to live a life of comparison. You just walk down the street and you're thinking, I'm better than that person, or I wish I had that person's car, or I wish I had that person's spouse, or maybe one day I'll be in that relationship, or maybe one day I'll look look as good good as Jim Caviezel over here. Gosh, geez, freaking Tim, a stud over here, bro. The comparison, I mean, comparison was creeping into me walking up to the brook tonight. I'm just like, that man's good looking. Uh, but it says you desire and don't have. You murder and you covet and obtain. You find which work. What he's talking about here is you have these desires of comparison with everybody and you don't have. So first of all, with the comparison is that you have this desire. You're comparing your life with other people, but you're not actually asking for what is happening in your life. And even when you do ask for something in your life, you're asking for it for selfish desires, not because you want to love and serve the people around you or not because you want to honor God and honor the people around you. I believe that comparison kills opportunity. It's it's impossible to see the gift that is in front of you whenever you're looking around in everybody else's life. There could be your spouse in the room today, but some of you are so stuck on comparing your situation, your life, or other relationships that you're missing the gift that is right in front of you. If you have a hard time celebrating others and you live a life of comparison, then you're going to have a hard time being celebrated. Think about a bridesmaid or think about a groomsman at a wedding. If you're the one that is living the life of comparison, you're probably the one that even when they're getting married, you're just like, why is she getting married? I'm so much more ready to get married than they are. What is wrong? What is wrong with this world? Culture is so off. Man, they're getting married so young. 
and you're comparing your life, and it's impossible to celebrate people. It's impossible to celebrate people and also compare your life to theirs as well and wage war with others around you. Celebrate others. Let's get good at celebration. I want to say this. Celebration looks good on you. You want to become attractive? Start celebrating other people. Start building other people up. When other people get a date, man, I'm so glad you got a date. Tell me about that date. You got engaged? Woo! Nobody deserves to get married like you do. You're going to be the most beautiful bride. Oh, can I be at your wedding? <laughs> Celebration looks good on you. Celebration is beautiful. I'll say this, and if, if you're taking notes, highly encourage you to write this down. Some of you need to be the best version of you and stop looking for the best version of you in others. You see, comparison is not just like you comparing your life to others. It's you comparing yourself to the person that you want to marry. Wow. Some of you need to focus more on becoming than finding the one. Becoming more like Christ, becoming more righteous, becoming more holy, becoming better at loving and serving others more than you are searching for the one. I'll give you a practical example of this. Some of you are wanting somebody that lives sexually pure, but you're looking at pornography. Some of you want people that don't have any debt, but you spend a little too lavishly and you're not generous and you're not tithing, and you're not helping people in need. Wow. I, I think it's important. I mean, this is comparison. I think some of you need to stop trying to project, and you need to start looking for purpose in your life. Wow. I'll say it this way. You need to catch a bigger vision for your life. When I see somebody moving in a direction, like my wife, it is hard to pursue somebody standing still. It's hard to chase after somebody that's stuck. Some of you need to get a bigger vision for your life and stop comparing your life to others. You want what you're not willing to live. You want what you're not willing to live. I'll say it this way. The Bible, when it talks about marriage, because when we're talking about dating, what we're really talking about is the pursuit of marriage. When we're talking about marriage, what the Bible says about marriage is that when, like for me and my, my wife, when I come together in marriage with my wife, the Bible says that I am called to die. So I want to say it this way to all the single people in the house today. If you're not willing to die, you're not ready to dance. Okay. <laughs> if you're not willing to sacrifice... You're not ready for a soulmate. Some of you need to just say, like, right now, right now in my life, am I good at dying? Am I good at laying down my desires to serve and love others? Not serve and love my future spouse, but to serve and love others. You want what you're not willing to live. Because you're comparing yourself to others. Babe, you want to talk a little bit about love stuck number two? 
Yeah, and and that's it. it, it I mean, the, the room's quiet. Like this, this feels heavy, and it's just a message that's going straight to your heart. Because the reality is, we can't just get up here and tell you like what you should look like to have the best dating profile for you to be the most attractive person without actually talking about who you're becoming. Yeah. Because the reality is, even as you're talking about like dying to yourself. It is so much harder for me to die to myself now than it was when I was single. It's not going to get eat. Like, I think that there's this, um, that culture and sexuality and, and romanticism that you see the bachelor, the bachelorette guys, like you live in a culture that it is harder than ever. Let me like, just affirm you in how hard it is of the culture that you're living in to walk in a godly pursuit of relationship. It is very hard. You're watching The Bachelor. Please don't watch The Bachelor, but if you are, like you're seeing and romanticizing what relationships should be like. It's not like that. (laughs) It's not real life. And so what happens is you get, and you're talking about just like the divorce element and like walking away. You guys are learning that now and that there's permission, like, what is it? The bachelor and bachelor, like 17 guys or that's not real life. Like you guys know that, like, you're not getting this like hand pick, like, uh, you don't like brush your teeth from with your left hand or whatever. Like like, that doesn't, it doesn't work that way. And so the reality is if we're not choosing to become now and become the person that you would even want to date, that you're pursuing after holiness, like we will fail you. Like we will fail you in giving you this checklist of who you should become. And so, man, talking about just this celebration, I just started thinking of, I don't know why I had this image, I mean, Holy Spirit, but I just had this image of a butterfly. And when a but- this big, beautiful butterfly comes in a room, it's bright and it's yellow, like you take notice. No one's looking at a fly. Like who says, oh my God, like I don't bring my kids together. Like, look at this fly. Look how beautiful. Yuck. Like, I think that came after the curse. Like flies were not a part of the garden. Like butterflies were, okay? Butterflies have purpose. And so (laughs) maybe flies do too, whatever. If y'all are animal lovers, I'm so sorry. But, um, But when I thought of just butterflies like coming in the room, like you are becoming more beautiful tonight. And that's what God's making you. And so um, some of you are stuck in control, and I have been here. And, and, and many days in our marriage, I'm stuck in control. <laughs> so just like openly admitting to that, like, we have not arrived. Like, we are arriving in the kingdom of God. We are arriving more to be like Jesus. But you are too. And this idea, women, it's going to be a lot harder for you in this idea of stuck in control because it was the curse. Like it it was the curse when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. It was the curse that we would desire control over the man. It's part of the curse. So let's just name that to get it out of the way. Women, we're going to desire control. And that is part of us dying to ourselves to say, I'm going to release the control. So this isn't like him talk, her talk. Like now I'm just talking to the women. No, like I'm going to talk to all of you. So like bring it back together. Men, re-engage. Like that wasn't a message just for the women. But the reality is I think we get really stuck in control in our relationships. Um, and, and here's three things that I think might have you stuck. One is sin. What sin in your life just has a strong hold over you that you're trying to control. And because you're trying to control that sin, it's not even, you're just stuck in your, you're not even stuck in relationships. You're stuck in your own life. 
because you're stuck in sin. Therefore, every you did this amazing sermon. Um, Thank you. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> oh, wow, I bet. Wow. Um, this he was talking. He was talking about. Um, you were just talking about it of just um, the, the the lenses. Yeah, following your feelings over your faith is that the one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the, and he, putting different lenses on. And I think what can happen with sin and allowing it to be control over our life is it becomes the lens in which we look through. James says this, but he gives greater grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud. Someone says, say the proud. proud. Do you guys like being around prideful people? No. No, like... No. Okay, so, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Okay, here comes the fly. Okay, I knew Jesus was going to bring this back around. Okay, so when I picture sin controlling my life, I picture a fly on me. A fly has no control over me. I have the power of Jesus that lives inside of me, and I have the power to swat that fly. To kill that fly. And this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Some of you just need to name the sin that is controlling your life, and you need to swat the fly off of you. Like, literally, I picture whatever, like, whether most of the time it's control. Like, recently, I've been trying to control finances. Like, it's just a hard thing that I'm just constantly releasing control over different things. I'm constantly releasing control over Parker's schedule. Like, why would I want to? I don't care what he does with his time. But that's the curse, like, that we want to control. You want to control how someone asks you out on a date. And because they didn't do it, like Sadie and um, Sadie and Christian Huff, like because it wasn't that way, it's not good enough for you. You want to control, and then we're comparing. So you want to control because he's not, maybe he hasn't become as much as you think he should have become at this moment in his life. Therefore, you want to try to control the environment and his relationship with Jesus so he will become, become quicker so that you guys can become together. <laughs> That's not going to work. And therefore, you have sin in your life of control. And, and I tell you, if you take that into a relationship, it's just going to grow and it's going to fester. The second thing is that um, some of you are stuck in just your season. Um, I know this because even as a mom, like I've gone through so many different seasons of life. And something that we frequently say in our home is that we have to define our season so we can set our rhythms. And some of you just need to throw out the season that you're in and start a new season and say, today, I'm going to step out and I am becoming, like some of you guys are like, okay, guys, like I'm being refined. I feel like I'm in the word of God. Like, I feel like I'm encountering Jesus. Like I'm hungry and I'm ready. Like, let's go. Some of you just need to redefine your season, like make your schedule more available In some of your seasons, like, you just need to put yourself around different people. The third thing that you can get stuck in is just the people that you're around. 
You're putting yourself around the same people, the same people that are speaking comparison, the same people that are criticizing, the same people that are watching The Bachelorette every Tuesday night. Is that what it is? I don't even know. Get out. Like, find some different people. Um, get out. And, I mean, there's great people here, so don't, like, don't abandon the brook, okay? Like, keep coming. Keep showing up here. True. Get yourself in simple church. But some of us just need to get out into a new season with new people around us to say, you know what, like, I do want to keep getting better. So I need to define the five people that are around me to, so that I can continue to get better. And you need to redefine that for yourself. Like, you're, you are a young adult. That means you don't live with, most of you don't live with your mom and daddy. I don't, I mean. If you do, no judgment, you know. No judgment. It's expensive. It's expensive It's to okay. Live here. It's a like, hard world. It. It's a hard world we're living in. Um, and girls, like, it's okay. Like, he'll eventually leave and cleave. Um, but, um, see, I just lost my train of thought. But some of you get, need to get out and just meet some new people. Get around different people. Surround yourself. Show up to church, guys. Show up to the house of God. Be consistent in a good rhythm, in a good season. Throw, evaluate your lives. Evaluate the things. Sit down like this is good, but the best is like sitting with a journal in your Bible with Jesus and evaluating. What did I learn today? What did Jesus speak to me? What do I need to evaluate in my life? Who are the people you're putting yourself around? It makes a big difference. Come on, that's so good. Can y'all give it up for that word? Man, what a word. Give Jesus some praise in the house. And this is final. This is the final thing in closing. We talked about comparison. We talked about control. But I think as let's talk about unstuck, I think this is where a lot of you are. Are you ready for this? Complacency. Complacency. Some of you are stuck in complacency, and you need to take a step from, I'm living complacent, apathetic, Maybe some of you aren't even stuck. Maybe some of you have just made a home there. You've just propped your feet up. And in and, and complacency in relationships, you just said, this is just going to be my life. This is just my story. I'm not stuck. I'm actually perfectly content here. But I was thinking about even like I was running, uh, like hiking one time, and I was walking through the woods, and I was walking, and I was thinking, um, I walked through some mud. Well, when you get stuck, what's the goal of getting stuck? You get unstuck. And I was walking through some mud and my boot got stuck. And I kept going, my boot slipped right off. I said, I ain't going to stop here. So I go to get my other boot. My other boot slides right off. I end up in socks in the mud, middle of the mud, barefoot. But was I stuck? No, baby. I got all my shoes and I kept walking. I didn't sit down and make a bed in the mud and become complacent. And the situation is, why? Because I had a mission of where I was going. Some of you become complacent. So it is with sin to know the good and yet not do it. Go from being complacent to committed. I want to speak to two different people in the room. One is the person that's in the room that's dating around like crazy. I want to talk to that person in the room, and I want to say like this right here. That's good that, you, you know, you're putting yourself out there. But let's go from playing games to, to getting committed to having a life of committed. Some of y'all are getting so good at not being able to settle anywhere, nevertheless, relationships. New church every other week, new club every other week. I don't like that dinner place anymore every other week. I got a new coffee shop every other week. Well, I don't like those friends anymore. I'm gonna go make new friends anymore. 
And you've become so complacent in every area of your life instead of just saying, you know what, I'm actually going to put some roots down here. It's impossible to grow and to flourish apart from being planted. Some of you just need to plant yourself. Plant your life in the Word of God. Plant your life in Jesus. Plant your life in a local church and become planted. I want to also speak to the, the, the person that's become complacent and never going on a date. Uh-oh. It can be scary if you've had traumatic experiences that have caused you to maybe never want to put yourself out there again. And you've said to yourself, you know, everybody's going to be like the last three relationships that I've had. So I'm just going to give up and become complacent. I want to speak to that person in the room and say, that's not your story. You are surrounded in this room right here right now, people that would love you. And that will give you a second chance. That will give you hope. I want to encourage that one person right now. Don't become complacent in your past, but have faith for the future of what God has for you in your life. Don't lay down in the mud when your boots come off. Instead, pick your boots up and keep walking barefoot. It ain't going to be as pretty, but at least you're still moving forward. Getting unstuck with complacency. If you want to get unstuck with complacency, you need a purpose, passion, and people around to point to those top two. If you want to get unstuck right now, you're living a complacent life, whatever it is, you need a purpose, you need to get a little passion behind that purpose, and then you need a circle of people that are going to push you towards that first thing. So I want to ask you right now, getting unstuck, what's your purpose in your life? I said it before, but I'll say it again. It's impossible to pursue someone that's standing still. What do you believe your purpose is tonight? I told you in the beginning that we wanted to get past you, that I want to give you some encouragement. If you want to find out what the ultimate relationship is, that can only be found in Jesus Christ. If, if you want to find out what unconditional love is like, what gospel-centered marriage is like, what dating should be like, that is found in knowing and giving your all to Jesus Christ who loved you. Why? Because even though when you were at your worst, Christ still loved you. How many of you know that whenever you're going out dating somebody, you're looking for somebody that's going to love you like Christ loved you? And you want to love them like Christ loved you. That when you were unlovable, Christ died on a cross for your sins. He gave himself fully for you. And one day you're called to do that with your spouse. And so if you would, go ahead. We're going to have like a a time of prayer. Is that okay? Why don't you go ahead and stand to your feet? I I want you to think... if you're in the house and you're thinking to yourself, you know what, I am, I am stuck in comparison. Like, I, 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 that's me. Hey, why not, let's just say it. If, you're, if you feel like you have a struggle with comparison, why don't you just throw a hand up right now? It's okay. If it's not everybody in the room, you're lying. Anybody in the house feel stuck in control in the house? My hand's up. Anybody feeling stuck in complacency? Yeah, Yeah, I've kind of settled here. Guys, I can't tell you enough. Wherever you feel stuck, run to the heart of God. We're going to pray over you that you will find the truth in God's word and find hope in Jesus Christ. My wife is going to pray over you. And right now, as she prays over you, I just want you to receive whatever the Holy Spirit is giving you tonight and say, you know what? I'm going to walk out of here a little different. I'm going to make some decisions in my life. I'm going to make some changes in my life. 
Yeah, we're going to actually take on a posture. So if you just want to lift your hands out like this, both hands, you're just going to receive this over your life. And um, Jesus, um, you kept highlighting that there are a lot of people in this room that have been abused. And I just want to speak to their hearts, Jesus, directly from you, that they are so deeply loved. That you have a story that you're writing for them. Father, that they have not been forgotten that this word is for them, that you are a healer and you're a redeemer. And right now in this moment, Jesus, we bind up the lies, Father, that the enemy has been trying to place on them, that they are not worthy to be a daughter of you, Jesus. And that identity that has, been tra- that has trapped them in thinking that they aren't a daughter of you has also trapped them in the identity that they can never be a wife of a husband. And so Jesus, or, 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 or also a husband to a wife. And so Father, for the, for the girl and for the boy in the room that is dealing with that, that lie right now, Jesus, we just cast it out in your name, Jesus. It says that um, we can call on you on your name, Jesus, and they will be healed. And so, Jesus, we call on you right now as a healer and as a redeemer, Jesus, and we bind that up. Father, for the one that is single in the house today, Jesus, many people standing here, Jesus, I just ask, Father, that you would multiply them. Father, that you would bring a spouse, Father, that you would bring someone that they could love each other together in unison in loving you. And Jesus, when I look out and I see so many men and women in the house. Jesus, they're world changers. And so, Father, I ask that you would bring these world changers together, that you would birth out of them revivalist, Jesus, that would change our world, and our world would never be the same because of it. So right now, Jesus, you're going to place names and people on the heart. Jesus, I ask that there would be passionate pursuers in here, passionate pursuers of people in a godly way. Jesus, you'll guide them as they listen to you, as they walk with you. You will guide them how to be a passionate pursuer. And so, Jesus, I ask that they would listen, that they would be attentive, that they would just draw to you, Jesus, because without you, with, whether we have a spouse or children, but without you, Jesus, we are truly nothing. This life is such a vapor. We are just passing through. So, Jesus, would you plant right now in this moment purpose, deep, deep purpose in the hearts of these men and women. Deep purpose, Jesus, the seeds that are being planted right now, Jesus, that you're going to harvest one day. I ask, Father, that you'd be releasing gifts over their lives, releasing identity over their lives, security, Jesus. I bind up anxiety and depression that's been holding too many back, Jesus, from pursuing relationship. And I bind up, Jesus, comparison that we've been talking about and complacency and control. Jesus, there's no place for that in your kingdom. So Jesus, heaven come down. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you. We bless these men and women. Jesus, I ask, Father, for favor and abundance. For the ones that are looking for new jobs, Jesus, I ask for an increase for them. I ask, Father, that we would be fully blessed and find favor. Everything they touch, whether it be people or things or houses, whatever they touch, Jesus, would it be blessed for your name and your kingdom come? And it's in your name, Jesus. We pray all these things. Amen. 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 Hey, guys. Thank you, guys. You are family. Hey, uh, love you guys so much. And uh, I just want you guys to know that even though with the brook, we're like a movement of God and we're just joining in with what is God is doing throughout the front range. We love being a part of the family with the Damrens, with Jess and Parker. We're so grateful for you guys. If, any, if you have any friends in Boulder or are looking for a church in the Boulder area, they're amazing. They're leading an amazing church. Uh, we are going to do...
Thanks so much for watching The Brook online. Be sure to like the video, subscribe to our channel, and be sure to download The Brook app so you can stay up to date with all the new media as well as all the new events we've got coming up every single week.